most interesting when you think about it. All the things the city of Flint been through, the crime, GM leaving, all the recessions, all the BS. It's going to take a little bit more than some bad water and an idiot governor to kill off Flint, Michigan. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now. Good to me. This sound hard. People gon' dance to Give the record a second and a chance to Hitting people like a scene of amazement My name is J. Scott Smith And this is JSC Radio For the final week of March 2016 Episode number 3 here of the show And as you can clearly hear This show is going out to the city of Flint, Michigan I mentioned it during last week's show And by the way, I appreciate everybody Who took a little bit of time out of their day To listen to this, this organized chaos, this organized confusion, if you will, in fact, let's organize here, call the podcast that I'm doing, and I continue to help this thing grow as best I can, but I can't do it without anybody listening, so everybody who's listening to this thing, thank you so much, and I'm so grateful for it. Rest in peace to MC Breed, and by the way, the day I recorded this, because as you can tell, the show's not live, the day I recorded this, it's the afternoon following the terrible terrorist attack in Brussels, Belgium. So, obviously, all the love in the world goes out across the ocean to Belgium as they're dealing with that terrible, terrible attack at the uh, at the airport in, in Brussels, Belgium. And I was thinking about doing this show originally as the first episode before I decided to kind of, you know, let's ease in a little bit. Let's not just immediately go for everybody's throat right out of the gate. I want to ease into this thing a little bit. But, um... It's not something I've hidden, and anybody who knows me, if you know anybody from Michigan, by the way, this is just a thing of ours. We don't hide the fact that we're from Michigan. We don't hide the fact that we're from Detroit, or from Flint, or from Lansing, or from Saginaw, or from Ann Arbor, or from Grand Rapids, or Kalamazoo, or Battle Creek, or Jackson, or the UP, the Upers. We don't hide that. Michigan is a very provincial place. It's a place where you take pride in where you're from and what you do. You take pride in the people. We take pride in our hard scrabble nature. That's part of the reason why I've really taken a sincere liking to the city of Philadelphia. Because Philadelphia has a lot of Detroit in it. It has a lot of that of that swagger. It has a lot of that attitude, but it's also got a bit of a heart to it. I know people probably think Philadelphia, no, Philly has got a lot of heart to it. And the reason and, and it feels like I'm home here. But as much as I dig Philly, Philly's not home. Detroit is. And one of the places in Michigan that has been like, maybe not a second home, I would consider that to be Lansing, but maybe a third home, is Flint. And before I get fully into the water poisoning situation, because that's a word that often gets left out by Republicans in Michigan. They call it the Flint water situation. No, it's the Flint water poisoning situation. It's the Flint water crisis. I want to share... I guess one of the, my favorite stories about the city of Flint. No, I'm not sitting here eulogizing the city before anybody thinks that. Flint ain't going nowhere, but we'll come back to that in a second. I actually had never, at least to my recollection, had set foot in Flint until I was in college. And I didn't know a ton about Flint. I had family members that used to live there back in the 70s and 80s before GM 
largely shut down a lot of the plants there and moved a lot of jobs out. So I had fa my family followed suit. They left Flint like so many other people did. So I, I grew up in Detroit, which, of course, to give those of you who don't understand Michigan or know it very well, Flint is 80 miles north of Detroit. Flint is not a Detroit suburb. That's something that both Detroiters and people from Flint will fight you over. Flint is not a Detroit suburb. It's its own entity. It's in Genesee County, two counties up from Detroit. Detroit's in Wayne, then there's Oakland, and then there's Genesee. It's a pretty good distance away. Flint is at least uh, close to an hour drive. Depending on traffic on I-75, it might actually be longer than that. But the first time I really experienced Flint was when I got to Michigan State University. I met people who were from Flint. Flint always struck me as being a lot like Detroit, and, and, and pretty much in many ways it is. Both cities were largely built on the backs of organized labor. They were largely built on the backs of the auto industry. They both saw massive boom periods in the 1940s and 50s and 60s because of the auto industry and because of the growth. At one point, Flint was the second largest city in the state of Michigan. That title now sits in Grand Rapids, but before that, it was Flint. Flint had almost a quarter million people in it, which is crazy to think of if you know anybody in Flint right now. The first vibe I got from Flint and People from Flint will not be offended by this. Is y'all don't play around. Y'all let the y'all y'all let the bluntness and and you let the hood just hang. You let who you are be you. Be you. You do you. And I've always respected that about the city of Flint more than anything else. Plus, again, I went to Michigan State University. So we have a large number of Flint cats there, especially then in the time period I was there. We all know about the Flintstones at Michigan State University, the 2000 NCAA champions. And just as a little bit of a sidebar, we're not even going to talk about the NCAA tournament this year. As far as I'm concerned, that tournament is over. It never happened. I don't even know what you're talking about. Don't you bring up a damn thing to me. So, Michigan State University. The city of Flint, to me, has always been about raw honesty. The city of Flint, to me, has always meant a part of the American dream exists. That even though you will take one look at Flint and you will see a lot of the negative things, a lot of the things that are grossly associated with the lowest forms of, of American life. When you look at most of these lists of the worst places to live in the United States, yes, Flint is right there. It's right there next to Gary, Indiana, and East St. Louis, and New Orleans, and, and Detroit, and St. Louis, and, and the west side of Chicago, it's, it's not a good place to be in a lot of people's eyes. But that city has more fight in it, it has more heart in it, and truth be told, I worked there. I worked there at 105.5 for about a year. Those people treated me, for the most part, wonderfully. Flint welcomes you in. It does. You ain't got to be from Flint. Yeah, Flint's got some raw and rugged and tough parts to it. And yes, that is the city that gave the world MC Breed. For those of you who don't know who MC Breed is, shame on you. You shouldn't even be listening to this show. Get, no, push pause on this thing. Go Google MC Breed and you'll see gotta get mine, gotta get yours. That's where you've heard MC Breed before. Ain't no future in your fronting. That's where you've heard MC Breed before. Breed was from Flint. And Breed, his vibe is a lot of what Flint was. But Flint was a tough city, it still is. And those people treated me with the utmost respect. They showed love. 
That's what they do. They're really good people in Flint, Michigan. I worked out there for a year. I got to interact with people from Flint. I got to see people from Flint. And I got to see people from Grand Blank and from Mount Morris. And it's like the, there are great people there. I have really good, close friends from Flint. When I was working for the Grio, when I was working for NBC a few years ago, I wrote one of the earlier stories on the struggles in Flint, way before the water issues became well known. I wrote one of the early stories on Flint and its struggle. And to talk to people from Flint, again, great people, but they understand what Flint is. Flint is a byproduct of the collapse of this American economy. But just because the American economy collapsed doesn't mean you get to throw the people away. Flint is not here for your BS. They never have been and never will be. But Flint will always stand. Flint is, the, Flint is Detroit's really pissed off cousin. Flint plays no games with you, just like Detroit doesn't. And to have what happened in Flint happen to those people and happen to them at the hands of a governmental system and more so a governor and his staff. To have that happen in 2014 and 15 and 16 in, a, in an American city, to have that happen under an administration that loves to brag and boast and pride itself on this asinine notion that we're the comeback state and I'm the comeback governor. Oh yes, you're getting some of this today. Because what happened to Flint was a damn disgrace. No city, no group of people deserved to be treated and disrespected the way that the city of Flint was lied to and disrespected by the state of Michigan. Moreover, this lies firmly in the lap and in the hands of Governor Rick Snyder. We're gonna take a very quick break. And when I come back, I'm gonna break down to you why what happened in Flint is a damn disgrace and how last week Governor Rick Snyder had to sit down in front of some people who weren't going to listen to his soft shoe routine, his let's, his let's not let's not point fingers routine and actually call him on the carpet. This is JSC Radio. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio. And I want to personally take a second to thank you for taking out your time to listen to this show. But one other thing I would love for you to do while you're here is to take a little extra time and click on that Amazon link below the player. See, when you click on that Amazon link below the player, anything you purchase, and you don't have to purchase anything right now, but just bookmark it, save it to your favorites. And the next time you go on Amazon to purchase whatever it is, whether it's I don't know, computer equipment, or music, or you could be trying to buy a watch, or buy a suitcase, or buy a new microphone in case you want to start podcasting. Whenever you want to do that, click on the Amazon link, go buy whatever you want, and whenever you purchase something on Amazon, a little bit of it gets chipped off to help JSC Radio keep rocking, keep rolling, and keep growing. So again, click on that little Amazon link right beneath the player. You'll see it. It's highlighted. Right beneath the player, save it to your bookmarks. You ain't got to buy nothing right now, but the next time you want to jump on Amazon and put your Amazon Prime to use. And also, it will definitely work if you want to download music and download Amazon Video too. A little bit of money gets shipped off to JSC Radio to help keep us moving. Really appreciate it. So show some love, get on Amazon, and click the link. 
This is JSC Radio. This is JSC Radio right here on J. Scott Confidential as well as the SoundCloud page. That would be soundcloud.com slash jscottsmith. You want to check out the blog, J. Scott Confidential. That's the JSC and JSC Radio. It's J. Scott Smith at WordPress.com. WordPress.com slash J. Scott Smith. You're on the blog right now. I appreciate it. So, yeah, the opening uh, opening monologue there, the opening stretch there, was kind of me just showing love to the city of Flint. But this is, uh, the thing is, and we've, we've hashed it over and over again, but what happened in Flint is a disgrace. It's a damn disgrace. I've written about this. I've talked about this. Anybody who listens, anybody who follows me on Twitter, by the way, that's at J. Scott Smith on Twitter. Be sure to hit that follow button. Anybody who follows me on Twitter knows. It's kind of difficult for me to be objective about this as a long-standing journalist because at a certain point, the journalism aspect of it stops and the humanity kicks in. And it's no longer about being objective. It's now about being human about someone who's worked in Flint, who's visited friends in Flint, who's been to Flint. I've interviewed Clarissa Shields, who was the first woman to ever win a gold medal in boxing. She's from Flint. I interviewed her when she first won the gold medal four years ago. And just to drive into that city, how much they love you. Flint, when you do well, when you get over in Flint, you get all the way over. You are a hero. You are a legend in that city. People like Terry Crews and Andre Risen and Morris Peterson and Charlie Bell and Antonio Smith. I mean, all these guys who come out of Flint, and there's so many more I can't even get into. When all these guys who come out of Flint, Flint loves you. And that's why what happened to Flint, Michigan is a damn disgrace. It's the type of thing you often associate with an impoverished third world nation. Not a country that boasts that it's the greatest nation in the world. Flint's water crisis exposed the city's nearly 100,000 residents to lead poisoning, and it was brought about by a malignant combination of arrogance, apathy, negligence, and incompetence by the administration of Michigan Governor Rick Snyder. It exposed a state administration that was supposedly built on transparency and run like a business. If you hear any kind of presidential candidate talking about running the country like a business, Take a good look at the state of Michigan, preferably Flint and Detroit, and you tell me what it's like when your state's run like a damn business. But it, it's it's just built on this idea that you run like a business as being, they're more interested clearly in propaganda and PR than the health and well-being of their residents. And Snyder can sit there and say that that's not what he cares about, but we have the, we have the emails, we've got the info for an American city in the 21st century to have thousands of children, a majority of them poor and black, to drink and bathe for nearly 18 months in water with the lead count equivalent of toxic waste. It's incomprehensible and it's a damn embarrassment to this country. For all the silliness and for the years of me hosting things like Feel the Hunger Radio, which, by the way, enjoyed it. Flint showed a lot of love on Feel the Hunger Radio. Flint showed a lot of love when I was on 96.5. Okay, for all that, I'm still a journalist and have been for nearly 12 years with professional experience. And I'm supposed to be 
objective. But this is this ain't there's no way you can be objective. This is totally personal for me. Like I mentioned earlier, I worked in Flint for a year. I have fl- I have friends and former college classmates from the city of Flint. I covered the city for other news outlets. I had former colleagues at the Flint Journal along with the journalists at the Detroit Free Press, Detroit News, and at Michigan Radio who have done an incredible job working their asses off to tirelessly cover this water crisis from the very beginning. Contrary to popular belief, where people like to act as if the media stood around and didn't say anything and didn't pay any attention and didn't cover it, that's BS. The Flint Journal was on this from the day they switched that water. They were on this before they switched the water. So just because you simpletons were late to the party doesn't mean that the people covering it were. They didn't miss the story. You did. Anyway, as someone who grew up in Detroit, and I've seen what happens in my hometown when government officials, both elected and appointed, fail miserably. Detroit and Flint, as I mentioned earlier, 80 miles away from each other on I-75. They're not much different from each other. They both were built upon the auto industry. They're both majority black and they both have staggering rates of poverty and crime. Detroit, my city, dealing with the failings of state and local government in the aftermath of our own problems, you know, a little bankruptcy deal we went through a few years ago, and we've already had issues with our long-neglected school system. The Detroit Public Schools, which I'm a graduate of, are in big trouble. Big, big trouble. So in many ways, I feel Flint's pain because it's a pain that I experienced up close. But people of all ages in Flint are struggling. And the number of health issues, and you've seen the pictures and you've heard the stories due to the, that contaminated water with all the skin rashes and the hair loss. And the and that's not even getting into the cognitive damage to the children because they're actually ingesting this, this lead-infested water. Women are having miscarriages because of this terrible damn water. And none of this needed to happen. None of it. People of all backgrounds. You got parents, you got teachers, you got business owners, you got civic leaders, you got young, old, black, white. They all demanded answers from the state and from the city as to why the hell the tap water was coming out brown and with a terrible odor. They all act like I don't know what the hell's going on, but they knew what was going on from the very beginning. They were constantly told everything was safe, but never mind that General Motors, you know, the quintessential Flint business that has only been making automobiles there for damn near a century, said that the water coming out of the Flint River, which to kind of give you a little background, their water source originally was tied to the Detroit water system, and Detroit pulls its water from Lake Huron, you know, one of the Great Lakes. The H in the homes in Great Lakes, for those of you who learned about the Great Lakes in school. The city of Flint was going through a very deep financial issue. They were under emergency management before Detroit was. They were in deep trouble, and they figured to save money, which is the basis for a lot of this foolishness, they were going to switch their water source from Lake Huron to this new water authority. But in the interim, they were gonna, they're going to pull the plug on Lake Huron and go to the Flint River. The Flint River has water that General Motors deemed too corrosive for auto parts. Auto parts. You know, like your engine, pistons, car doors, lug nuts, every damn thing. The water was so bad that they would not let the water hit the auto parts that were being put onto cars. But yet, these people in city, and more so state, because the city really didn't have a lot of say in this, under emergency management, the state felt that it was not a big deal. And they knew it. Emails showed that they had been told by General Motors that the water was too bad, and they dismissed that. 
No, just because General Motors complains about a little water doesn't mean it's bad. What the hell is wrong with you people? And it's not just the state officials. Former Flint Mayor Dane Walling, who repeatedly insisted everything was fine, appeared on their CBS affiliate on July 15th of last year. And he sat on TV and drank a cup of Flint water out of a coffee mug and said all he could do was just taste a little bit of chlorine. But people in Flint were watching a whole lot of bullshit. Most of his power had already been nullified by the state emergency management anyway. Eventually said that he was given bad information about the contaminated water, but his admission couldn't save his ass. He lost his seat to the current mayor, Karen Weaver, last fall. But he isn't the only one to look foolish. And we've seen it come out time and time again. The show's going to run a little long, by the way, but you know what? I got to get this out there. A group of researchers from Virginia Tech found evidence, evidence, that lead in the water was a major issue. Dr. Mona Hanna Atisha, pediatrician at Flint's Hurley Medical Center, at the behest of Flint residents, because the state for damn sure wasn't doing anything, conducted research that found a spike in lead levels in children. Lead poisoning in children used to be one of those big fears when I was a kid back in the 1980s. I was born in 1979. One year earlier, federal guidelines came in to protect homes from lead paint because people were literally getting lead poisoning from the paint in their homes. Water, water being contaminated by lead, it's an issue. Hell, it's an issue out here on the East Coast, especially up in New Jersey. But it had been kind of forgotten as a problem for a long time. And then it happened in Flint. And it could happen anywhere else. The findings of Dr. Mona, the findings of Virginia Tech, that where they met with the, the type of response that you would think would elicit, like, well, you got this whole research team from Virginia Tech, and you got this, this pediatrician at a hospital in friggin' Flint who deals with kids all the time finding lead in their blood. Do you think that the state said, oh, sh we might want to do something about this? No, they didn't. Instead, they either met them with skepticism or just flat out ridiculed them and claimed that all they were trying to do was turn the issue into a political football. A political damn football. Of all the times to worry about Democrat and Republican, now is not the damn time to do it, people. What the hell are you doing? The Virginia Tech researchers were dismissed by the now former head of the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality, Brad Werfel. He told the New York Times that Virginia Tech was known to just go around to cities and, quote, pull that rabbit out of their hat. Turns out the rabbit was actually a lion, and the state refused to hear the roar until it was too damn late. Oh, and also, to go along with this lead issue that they were having, they also saw a spike in Legionnaire's disease. This is the type of scenario you hear of with viruses and bacteria and lead and things contaminating water. This is the type of thing you hear about in third world countries. Third world countries, not in a city that's about 400 miles away from Chicago. What the hell? They saw a spike in Legionnaire's disease that coincided perfectly with the cost-saving switch from the Detroit water system. There were 87 cases of Legionnaire's disease in Flint from 2014 to 2015. You want to know what the normal average in a given year is? Six. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Six. Six. So 87 in a given year didn't seem to want to send the red flag up. Nope. Now, when the CDC got wind of the 2014 outbreak, they actually did voice their concerns to the state of Michigan, but they just didn't seem to give a damn. They weren't exactly in a very big hurry to do anything about this. 
quote, we are very concerned about this Legionnaire's disease outbreak. This is from Laurel Garrison of the CDC to Genesee County Health officials via the Detroit Free Press on April 27th of last year. It's very large, one of the largest we know of in the past decade and community-wide. And in our opinion and experience, it needs a comprehensive investigation. Again, you would think that somebody would have done something about this. Nope. Garrison later said that she was unable to fully recommend what to do about the issue because the Michigan DEQ and the city's water department, run by the state, was not providing the county with any information on the damn water. It was later revealed that Leanne Smith, the former head of the Office of Drinking Water and Municipal Assistance for the DEQ, was more concerned about a potential announcement that Flint's water was the source of the disease. So rather than do something to correct it, they tried to cover the damn thing up. Did Richard Nixon not teach you idiots anything? That covering it up is probably not the smart thing to do, especially in a city of 100,000 people. You want to talk about bad optics? Bad optics is a governor who's already not very well liked in the urban centers of the state, Detroit, Flint, Saginaw, Ann Arbor, Lansing, having his staff almost intentionally squelch any reference to dangerous communicable diseases and friggin' dangerous metals that can be carcinogenic and cause problems with children's cognitive functions. It makes me wonder if there was something wrong with their cognitive functions when they're doing this. Snyder finally revealed the Legionnaires outbreak on January 13th, claiming that he learned about it just days earlier. However, Progress Michigan obtained emails showing that Snyder's office was first told about the outbreak on March 13th of 2015. And I was not a math major, but I know enough math to know that's nine months. In the amount of time it took Rick Snyder to acknowledge that there was Legionnaires disease in the damn water, a woman could have gone to a full pregnancy term. Following January's State of the State address, Snyder agreed to release 300 of his work emails related to the crisis. Here's another fun little nugget, little tidbit. Again, professional journalist who worked in Michigan and had to deal with some of this crap firsthand. The state of Michigan is one of two states in the country that does not allow you to use FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act, to obtain any sort of information from the governor's office or any members of his staff. So if you want to, you know kind of find out if the governor is lying about, I don't know, what he knew about potential lead poisoning and Legionnaire's disease in the damn water? You can't find out because he doesn't have to tell you because in 1986, they got the brilliant idea to not allow FOIA to be used on the governor. He has an exemption, an exemption. It's insane. This is asinine. There were plenty more emails from Snyder's staff that were released which showed that they knew as early as October of 2014. We are now getting into a year and a half on some of this. A pair of staffers openly lobbied for it to be switched back. But you're probably wondering how, if they knew all this, how the word not to get to the public sooner. And it wasn't reported to the DEQ. Well, with nearly everything else associated with the crisis, the effort to keep it quiet seemed to trump <laughs> addressing it responsibly. What happened in Flint was a disgrace, period for my current job out here in Philadelphia. I talked to a few people in Flint about this because the state of Pennsylvania is worrying about this too. And they're worrying about lead in their water because a lot of their infrastructure is really off, just like everywhere else in this country. Infrastructure is not one of the, one of the more sexier things that you'll hear about, but infrastructure is just that. 
It is the nuts and bolts of your of, of your of your entire cities, your entire state's lifeblood, and things such as pipes and roadways and overpasses and all those other fun things that you don't really like to talk about. But the thing is, when you don't talk about them, it's like this happens. So you got to talk about it. And I ended up talking to Jamie Gaskin, who's the CEO of United Way of Genesee County. The man sounded spent, like he'd just been working day and night, like Michael Jackson working day and night to try to get water filters to people, to try to get bottled water to people, to help people get on their feet. I mean, out here, the United Way even partnered with the Zero Water, which, you know, you've seen them on TV. They have the pictures with the really special filters that can help get more stuff like lead and everything out of, out of water. They got thousands of filters sent out there, but even with all that, it's it still seems like it's just not enough. And I mean, I get so emotional about this because again, I have friends from Flint. I have some who still live there now. And to understand that this happened in that city, almost running concurrent with what's going on in Detroit, the public, the Detroit public schools, it, it's it pissed me off. It still does. You can tell. I get passionate. That's the one thing I get criticized for. It's like, oh, you're so passionate. You just get so passionate. My question, the, the, the issue shouldn't be whether my ass is passionate. It's why aren't you? It hurts. It hurts to sit there and watch on TV from about 900 miles away what happened out there. What happened in a city that I got to like and got to know. In a state that I still call home and will always call home. With people I call friends and former co-workers. It's awful. And for Flint and the state of Michigan as a whole, the damage is not going to be measured for years. There's going to be a generation of kids who've got to navigate their way through a myriad of health issues stemming from this BS. Bill Schuette, who's Michigan's attorney general and a Republican, has opened investigation with the FBI into the handling of it. Darnell Early, the emergency manager who oversaw the Flint water switch, and after doing such a bang-up job there, was shipped down to Detroit to ruin the public schools... He hastily resigned from the post. He tried to avoid a congressional subpoena before finally being dragged before them last week. I guess it'll be two weeks ago by the time you hear this. As for Snyder himself, well, that seat's gotten really, really hot under him. And as we get ready to close this out, last week, Snyder, along with Early and many representatives from the Department of, of, of Environmental Quality and the EPA, they all had to go pay the piper in front of Congress. But the main event was Snyder, who at one point, right around the time of the switch, was actually being rumored to be a potential Republican presidential and vice presidential candidate. But since this whole thing started, it the, when I say it hit the fan, it hit the fan in clumps. He's been heckled in public. He's been absolutely just destroyed by Democratic presidential candidates, both Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, took him to the woodshed. The Republicans, when they came to Michigan, hell, they did. You remember, they did a rather uh, debate in Detroit at the Fox Theater. They didn't even mention his name. None of them came to his defense. You know it's bad when the Republicans won't even make a half-assed attempt to defend you outside of the state Republicans who, let me just be political for one quick second, I'm going to take a wild shot in the dark here that the Michigan Senate Republicans would probably have a much more vociferous reaction to this if, let's just say, Democrat Jennifer Granholm oversaw something like this happening to Flint as opposed to Republican Rick Snyder. But strangely, we get crickets out of them or we get what Snyder has now termed, let's not point fingers and pass blame, let's just move forward 
as he then turns around and blames everyone else. And that brings us to what happened in, in D.C. last week. Pennsylvania Congressman Matt Cartwright, fed up with Rick Snyder continually feigning that he didn't know, despite the fact that we all have seen the emails. Cartwright was clearly fed up with Snyder, clearly fed up with his seemingly his seeming reticence to want to actually take any responsibility for what happened in Flint or feigning that he's taking responsibility before trying to dish that hot potato off to someone else. Matt Cartwright basically said what a lot of us wanted to say. So rather than have me read it, I will let Congressman Cartwright lay it out for you. I took immediate action as soon as I learned there was a lead issue. We started issuing filters to people, doing water testing, doing blood testing. Governor and to be open Snyder, with you, I wish more plausible would have been done. deniability only works when it's plausible. And I'm not buying that you didn't know about any of this until October 2015. You were not in a medically induced coma for a year. And I've had about enough of your false contrition and your phony apologies. Susan Hedman from the EPA bears not one-tenth of the responsibility of the state of Michigan and your administration, and she resigned. And there you are, dripping with guilt, but drawing your paycheck, hiring lawyers at the expense of the people, and doing your dead-level best to spread accountability to others and not being accountable. It's not appropriate. Pretty soon, we will have men who strike their wives saying, I'm sorry, dear, but there were failures at all levels. People who put dollars over the fundamental safety of the people do not belong in government. And you need to resign too, Governor Snyder. Damn! Man, listen, I can't stress this enough. Rick Snyder should resign his post. If he had any if he had any dignity, if he had any self-respect, he'd resign. He would. And I'm not in the business of calling for dudes to resign. He needed to resign a long time ago. I'm not the only one who called for it. Cartwright called for it. Hillary Clinton called for it. Bernie Sanders called for it. Most of his Republican compatriots won't say a damn thing to him. Elijah Cummings called for it bluntly in Washington, D.C. last week. But Snyder keeps trying to act as if we can just move past this. His legacy is tarnished. So the ignominy of allowing a majority black, largely poor city of 100,000 people to be poisoned by lead and Legionnaire's disease in order to save some damn money may make for some rough nights for Snyder, and it might be a little tough for him to go out and have a nice steak and then go back up to his $2 million loft in downtown Ann Arbor. But that doesn't match what could be coming down the pike for the people of Flint and for the state of Michigan as a whole following this terrible ordeal in this wonderful city known as Flint. What happened to Flint, Michigan was a damn disgrace. The city deserves better, the state of Michigan deserves better, and we all deserve better. Let's stop putting greed, let's stop putting political ambition, and let's own up to things and do better. My name's Jay Scott Smith, I'm telling you to take care of yourself. God bless, always dare to be different, always have your pets spayed or neutered, and Godspeed to Flint, Michigan, Godspeed to Detroit. Godspeed to those in Brussels and everywhere else who's fallen victim to terror attacks. We all deserve better. This is JSC Radio. I'll see you next week. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio.